Father in heaven, thank you for gathering us here this evening. Thank you for seeing us safely throughout this past week. Thank you, Lord, for your watch care over us. And as we're now coming to study together, we ask for your blessing. We ask for your leading. We ask for your guidance. And especially as we study about this character, Noah, that probably to all of us is so familiar. Help us, Lord, to again see fresh truth and its application to us this evening. Please, guide us with your spirit as our earnest plea and prayer. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So tell me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 and we're going to be reading verse 7 about Noah. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. This is what the Bible says. Let's follow along. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Look, the Bible says here that Noah, he was warned of God of things not seen as yet. What had Noah never seen? You see, there were two things, in fact, and maybe even three, but there were, there were some things well, leading up to the flood. There were some things that he had never seen. First, let's go in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 2, okay? Genesis chapter 2. What had Noah never seen before? Genesis chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Genesis chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. This is what the Bible says. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field grew before it. For the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. So what had Noah never seen before? It was rain and, of course, a flood as well. So the world has never been flooded before. And it had never rained. God called, caused mist to come up from the ground. Mist comes from beneath, you see. Rain is from above. So when God came to Noah and said, look, I'm going to make it rain upon the earth, he had never seen rain before. And we have another evidence. Let's go in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 9, okay? Genesis chapter 9, verses 12 to 15. Genesis chapter 9, verses 12 to 15. This is when Noah comes out of the boat after the flood, okay? Genesis chapter 9, verse 12. And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth and the bow shall be seen in the cloud and I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all the flesh. You see, when Noah came out, God says, I'm going to make you a promise, Noah. I'm going to make you a promise. Every time you see a rainbow, just remember, I'm not going to destroy the world anymore by a flood. You see, the last time Noah saw it, the flood came. And so if he had seen a rainbow before, which is mixed a mixture of what? Water and sunlight, right? If he had seen it before, the flood came, 
God could not use that as a, a token, as, as a promise, because God, the last time I saw a rainbow, the flood came, you see? So God, He came up with something, quote-unquote, new, and the rainbow was new because the, the what? The rain was new as well. So it was very clear that when God comes to Noah at the very beginning, and warns him of things not seen as yet. The very first thing that God warns him is rain, okay? He had never seen rain before, and neither had he seen a flood as well, which was caused by the rain, okay? But look, what was it that moved Noah to go and build the ark? What was it? He wasn't afraid in a sense, but look, the ark at that time was probably the biggest thing that he'd ever built, all right? He never had to build anything such of such size before. Why? This had to house all the animals, okay? But in Hebrews 11 verse 7, when you go back to our original text, it says here that it was faith that moved him. This is the very thing that pushed him and drove him to go and build this boat of immense proportions that it was probably a blueprint given directly from God. And of course, the choice of materials to use as well. So it was faith. God comes and says, Noah, I'm going to destroy the world by a flood. And remember, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Don't forget that. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. You got to remember this verse throughout this whole faith study because really this is the foundation of everything that we'll be looking at, especially when it comes to faith, because this is all about faith. So God comes to Noah and speaks to him his word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by God's word. In this case, it is directly from God's mouth. Noah, I want you to build a boat. Now, Maybe he, that was not the first thing he says. Maybe he comes to, to, to Noah and, and God says, Noah, look, this world has gotten really wicked. My spirit will not always strive with man. Okay? I'm going to destroy the whole world. Um, okay, God. And God continues and says, uh, Noah, I'm going to send a flood to destroy the world. Well, what do you think Noah's response would be? God, what's a flood? Well, you see, I'm going to get the water and it's going to cover the whole earth, okay? And only those that, as I give the instruction and listen to you, they're going to be saved. Well, God, how are you going to get water to cover the whole earth? Well, you see, Noah, I'm going to send rain. And at this point, what does Noah say? God, what's rain? Because Noah had never seen rain before, right? God, what's rain? Well, you see, Noah... I'm going to send water from above and it's going to come down and it's going to flood the whole earth. And of course, he's probably going to send jets of water from beneath and pushing up and from above and below and it's going to cover the whole earth again. It's going to send it back to its original form like before I created anything. Okay, God. And then God says, Noah, as a result, I want you to build a boat then you'll be safe. Look, if Noah did not believe God, okay, if he said, God, I don't know what rain is, I don't know how you're going to do it, no way, you got to prove it to me first before I do it, he would have never done it. 
if he never believed God about what rain was. Because you see, in the Bible, it never says, uh, Noah, stand aside, let me show you what rain is about, okay? And he, he sends water coming, gushing down off in the distance. No, he never did that. He never proved, in a sense, to Noah what a flood was, what was rain or, or water gushing out from the beneath as well. He never did any of that. You see? Noah had to take everything at God's word. That's it. There was no proof. And friends, I want to remind you, I think I've mentioned this in previous times of when we, we've studied, and, and it is this. If you have to wait for God to prove something, it is no longer faith. It is no longer taking God at His word because now you got evidence. You know, today we don't need faith to believe that there is rain or that there's flooding. We've seen it with our own eyes. We've seen it on the news. We've seen it in pictures and videos. We don't need much faith to believe in that. But back then, Noah needed a lot of faith. Faith that took hold on God's word and God's word alone to believe in something he'd never seen. And we know that he had faith. How do we know? He went and built an ark. He went and built an ark, okay? So we know that Noah had faith. And if you go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, look at what the Bible says about Noah in this verse here when it says that he was warned of God of things not seen as yet. He moved with what? The Bible says that he moved with fear and began to build the boat, build the ark. Now, friends, what does it mean, fear? He, he was not afraid, like, oh, there's going to be a flood and it's going to destroy the whole world and I, I better get moving and go build the boat. That's not what fear is. Remember, we looked at Fear God last week on Sabbath morning for our divine service. If you missed the sermon, go back and look at those videos. But what does it mean to fear God? To obey even when you don't understand the reason why. Why, God? Well, in a sense, he understood why, but did he understand how God was going to do it? No, he didn't. He did not understand how this rain was going to work and how the flood was going to come up and what was going to happen. He didn't understand all of that, but he just knew that God said, you got to do this to stay safe. You better do it. And so because he believed in God, he understood the command of what God wanted him to do. Even though he didn't understand what rain was and what the flood was. So he moved with fear. He obeyed God. And he began to build the boat. Now look, if you're Noah and you truly had faith, okay, you truly had faith to believe in his word, in God's word, and you believe that there's a flood coming and it's going to cover the whole earth, where would you build the boat? You wouldn't build it at the sea. You know what I would build the boat? I would build it at the one resource that I needed the most, which was what? wood. I would build the boat in the very middle of the forest because the water would be covering the whole earth anyways. That's what God said. And so it doesn't matter which place you choose. Well, if the whole world would be covered, I might as well go to the place where there's the most wood, not water, wood. You see that? 
And so it would only make logical sense for Noah to do that. Anyways, he starts building the boat. And in the process of time, guess what? People then begin to question him and ask him, and ask him what? Noah, what are you doing, Noah? I'm building a boat, building an ark. What would they ask next? Why? Why, Noah? Why are you building a boat? God told me to. Okay, God told you to. Why did he tell you to build a boat? Well, you see, friends, the world is very wicked, and God is going to destroy the world by a flood. What's the next question? What's a flood, Noah? Well, you see, God is going to cover the whole world with water. You got to get on the boat. You got to help me build the boat, and you got to get on. There's plenty of room for everybody. It's big. It's not like, you know, the Titanic that you didn't have enough life vests for everybody. No, there was plenty enough room for anybody who would repent to get on that boat. And you're going to, you, you got to get on the boat, but you got to help me build it. Why? Because there's going to be a flood. Okay, no. Where is this water going to come from? You can imagine the conversation. It's the same conversation that Noah had with God. Well, you see, God's going to send rain. What's rain? You see, water's going to come from the sky. Now you really thought Noah's gone crazy. You understand that? Look, when we learn to obey God, when we learn to fear God, it makes you seem radical. It makes you seem crazy in a sense, like Peter walking on water. Or in this day and age, it's, it's keeping the Sabbath even though you might lose your scholarship or get kicked out of school. There are some things that when you apply faith, the world just does not understand. Look, the world appreciates an honest man. Do you understand that? That they appreciate things of faith because it, it affects them in a positive way. They, they appreciate that you're a forgiving person, that you're an honest person, that you don't lie, that you don't steal, you don't cheat, you don't commit adultery, you don't covet, you don't do all these things that the world in a sense does. But then you, when, when you take it a step further, because you see, as Christians, sometimes we only see those tangible things as well. But faith drives us to be faithful to God and obey His Word no matter what. And sometimes the world just does not get it, friends. So Noah, he seemed pretty radical in his day and age. Do you understand that? He seemed pretty radical. And that's what faith does, friends, especially when you learn to step out by faith. I can't imagine there were too many people helping Noah. But every hammer blow. Every section of the ark that was being built, all of it was a testament to Noah's faith in God's word. Why this size? Does it really have to be this big? Why in the middle of, of the, the forest, Noah? It just doesn't make sense. All these things it didn't, didn't make sense. And moreover, flood and rain did not make sense. And so friends, if you're one of those people that is struggling to explain your faith to the people in the world, sometimes just being quiet 
is better. Do you understand that? Because sometimes the more you explain, the more crazy you look. You see? So sometimes just being quiet, silence is eloquence. And so, did Noah preach? Yes, we, we will see this. Let's go to Second Peter. Let's turn the Bibles there. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. You know, friends, our relationship with God and our trust in His Word must be the foundation of everything that we do. This must be the platform upon which we stand upon, you know. But did he preach? Absolutely. He didn't just build it. He wasn't just a boat builder. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. Look at what the Bible says. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So Noah was a preacher, okay? He did not just go build a boat and get in it selfishly and save his own family. No, he went and warned the world about the flood. He went out and I, I'm pretty sure that the boat probably attracted a lot of attention because not, no such thing had ever been built. And so people were probably flooding from all over the place and coming to look. And the, those are the times that Noah had the opportunity to share the word of God. And how long did he preach for? Let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3. Let's turn our Bibles there. How long did Noah preach for? Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit, and this is him coming, God coming to Noah. My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. God gave humanity a hundred and twenty years. He gave Noah the time, a hundred and twenty years to build that boat. And he needed it because it was a huge structure and he probably didn't receive that much help. There were people that did help and that passed away before the flood came. But amongst him and his three sons and their wives, there was probably just a little bit more help than usual. But, you know, for 120 years, he had the opportunity to build the boat. But for 120 years, God gave humanity time to repent time to change and Noah's message was the same there was only one message he gave his whole life and all his possessions were wrapped up in this boat there was nothing else and whatever he had if he didn't bring it on the boat it wouldn't have survived anyways all the possessions in his house everything that Noah had was built and invested into that boat and that was the basis of his preaching friends Help me build the boat. And when it's ready, you got to get on. God is sending a flood. You got to get ready. The world is wicked. This was the same message he preached for 120 years. Friends, our message is no different today. As we look through the three angels' messages in Revelation 14, we're going through that on Sabbath morning. Please join us at 11.30. I just started Fear God last week, and we're going to be continuing those messages um, from tomorrow onwards. But that is the message that we are needing to be preached since 1844. It hasn't changed. And we ought not to keep thinking of any fanciful ideas of things that we need to pull out from here or there. Friends, the truth that has been established has been established for the past 170 years. 
We don't need new truth. The, the way for salvation and present truth has been relevant and present since 1844. Yes, it's a bit longer than what Noah preached. But friends, our message is simple. And it's not get on the boat. We don't need to get on any boat today. Is there a spiritual application? Yes. But stay tuned in the future weeks as we continue to study the three angels' messages together. But look, friends, Noah, he preached for 120 years. Did God give the people enough time to repent? Absolutely. Absolutely. More than enough time. But sadly, only eight were saved. But look, friends, the Bible says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Friends, before we can be preachers of righteousness, we got to be righteous. What does it mean to be righteous? Let's go to Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. Look at what the Bible says about Noah. Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1. He was called a preacher of righteousness in 2 Peter. But look what the Bible and what God declares about Noah in Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. The Bible says this, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Friends, what does it mean to be righteous? Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 9. Genesis 6 verse 9, the Bible says this, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just and just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Noah was a perfect man. Do you see that? If we are to be righteous, we need to be perfect. He, this, this is Noah, flesh and blood. This is Noah, the man that lived on the earth. This is Noah, just like us, no different. This is not Jesus. This is Noah. But yet God declares him perfect, just like Job, just like the 144,000 in the future. But notice what it said at the end there. Noah also what? Walked with God. Not just Enoch, but even Noah did as well. Friends, it is possible to walk with God today. And yet, one walked with God and he went straight into heaven. One walked with God and he didn't go into heaven. We leave the results to God. We don't need to worry about that. We got to make sure we walk with him today. But friends, what does it mean to be righteous? How do we know if we are righteous or not? Genesis 6 verse 22. This is just from Genesis, okay? This is not taken from the New Testament. Genesis chapter 6 verse 22, it's just about Noah. How did Noah walk with God? How do we know that he was righteous? Genesis 6.22, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. He obeyed every specification of God's word. Everything that God instructed him to do, he did it. Not because he was any different. Not because he was anything special. Not because... That's what patriarchs do. And, you know, I'm not one of those patriarchs. No, friends, Noah was no different than us. He didn't have any earthly advantage that we don't have today. Sure, he lived longer, but that didn't make him more righteous. Those that lived longer, those that were wicked, it only made them more wicked. You see? 
But friends, what does the Bible describe of righteousness? Psalms 119, 172, a text that we've turned to before. Psalms 119, 172. The Bible says, My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. What is righteous, friends? It's the commandments of God. If Noah was living today, he would be a commandment keeper. Or could I say it a bit more specifically? He would be a Seventh-day Adventist. He would have obedience to all of God's law. Yes, he would, because God is the one that described him righteous. And yet, we know in Romans chapter 3, there is a seeming contradiction. Let's go to Romans chapter 3, verse 10. This is the challenge that we face that we think did not apply to Noah, but it did. Romans chapter 3, verse 10, the Bible says this, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Friends, look, we cannot be righteous in and of ourselves. Impossible. We are attempting an impossibility. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't mean that no one is able to become righteous. There is one person that ever lived that was righteous. It's Jesus Christ. And it's through Him that we can be righteous, but without Him, in and of ourselves, every single one of us, including Noah, is not righteous. It's impossible. There's none righteous. Yet God declares Noah righteous. How was he able to be righteous? By faith. Let's go back to Hebrews 11 and verse 7. Hebrews 11 verse 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Righteousness is only by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And it's this example that I always stress every week when we look at this faith experience. When God said, Noah, there's a flood coming, there's rain coming, I need you to build the ark. When his faith took hold of God's Word, it was that faith that enabled him to do it. Righteousness by hearing the Word of God. Righteousness by faith. Where is the value of the faith found? Not in ourselves, except only as we believe God's Word. Do you see that? So righteousness is by faith. Faith in His Word, and as we put it in our hearts, as we allow it to sink in our hearts and minds, or if you've not watched the video of my kids, as we allow the Word of God to be written in our hearts and minds, God gives us the power to do it. So, if you're struggling with righteousness tonight, don't struggle to do His commandments. What you need to wrestle with is putting God's Word into your heart and mind. Righteousness by 
faith, not by what you do. When, when Noah built the boat, when he got into the boat, when he preached to others about the flood and getting into the boat, that's not what made him righteous. That was evidence that he was righteous. What made him righteous was his faith in God's word. And at that very moment, he became righteous. Whatever he did after that did not save him. Well, in in a sense, it saved him. He got on the boat, right? But what was the driving force behind it? Faith. And you can know whether you're righteous today by what you do. Let's go to John 14, 15. We know this. If you love me, what? Keep my commandments. What comes first? Love. Well, guess what? Faith is built upon. It's built upon love. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. This is what faith is built upon. If you love me, keep my commandments. Well, look at Galatians 5 verse 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Faith works by love. And if it works by love, you will end up being a commandment keeper. Do you see that? So that's why my conclusion is sound and solid. If Noah was alive today, he would be a commandment keeper. He would be a Sabbath keeper. Faith works by love. And if you're righteous by faith, you're righteous by love because you trust God. Look, Noah did not have some rookie experience, fresh experience with God when God came to him to ask him to build a boat. Did it require a large leap of faith to build it? It did. But God was taking him step by step. But he had a mature, sound, trusting, loving experience with God. And then when God took it to the next step, he was able to catch hold of God's word and still do it. We don't know exactly what experience he had, but the Bible said that he walked with God. And then when God came and he gave him this instruction, his faith took a hold of it and enabled him to obey. Friends, God gave everybody enough chances to be saved. And they heard the word of God through Noah. But you might say, look, well, you see, Noah, he had an advantage that the rest of the world didn't. He actually heard God speak. But do you know that the people that perished, they had just as many chances? Sure, they they maybe didn't hear God speak to them directly, but they had enough chances. How do I know? Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 7. Look at this. Genesis chapter 7 verses 2 to 4. Genesis 7 verse 2. What happened? Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, and the male and his female, and of the beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. Of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. For yet seven days 
and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And so what happened in verse 7? Noah went in, his sons, his wives, his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood, of clean beasts and of beasts that are not clean, and of fowls and of everything that creepeth upon the earth. There went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. Look, Noah, he did not go around chasing the animals to round them to go into the ark. They went in obediently, led by unseen hands, angels, and the lion did not chase the deer and lick in his chops probably, but he did not chase the deer and eat it. But they went into their stalls and all know, you know, he wasn't catching all the birds and the insects, and but they all went in by themselves. What am I trying to say? There was ample evidence. There was miracles that God gave to the people of the world that something was about to happen that has never happened before and it gave support to Noah's words because they went into his boat that he had built. Do you see that? And then they went in and Noah went in and the door closed with an unseen hand. There was enough evidence to the whole world that something miraculous was about to happen that had nothing to do with Noah and his hand involved in it, except that he had to build a boat. Friends, what am I trying to say? God gives us all enough evidence to believe. At the end of time, those that are lost, they are lost because they rejected ample evidence given from God that they did not want to apply in their lives. Okay? So, those that will be lost and that will burn in the fires of hell at the end of time, they're lost because they, they did not want to believe God's Word. And so, friends, this evening, I want to ask you, is your life out of harmony with God's Word? We like to conjecture, we like to debate, we like to twist, we like to do some spiritual gymnastics with God's Word and try to fit it into our lives. But friends, a square peg never fits into a round hole. It doesn't. you got to conform. And this is where faith, as you put it in your heart and you allow it to transform your life, God will change you and allow you to fit with His requirements. Only as you put the Word of God into your heart. Friends, people did not believe the preaching of Noah. They did not heed the miracles. God was warning them again and again. And we wonder sometimes, how could they have missed that? But God God has given us plenty of signs today. Do you know this pandemic is a sign? Do you know that? And... Doug Batchelor shared today about some news article that had just been released about day of worship. 
We have so many signs that are given to us today, and yet we persist in our own way of life, our rebellion. We are no different. We're no different from the rest of the world that lived back then in Noah's day. We have lots of miracles. And some people, they're just too caught up. Oh, oh, Noah, Noah. Okay, I believe, but I'll come back when I'm ready. You know, some of them probably didn't outrightly reject the Word of God from Noah. As some of us, we don't outrightly reject it, but we don't appreciate it. We don't apply it. We don't put it into our lives. Friends, look, we got to be so careful with sin. Why? Before we, we talk about getting on the boat and end time events and getting ready for the mark of the beast, we got to be righteous like Noah was righteous. We got to ask God to cleanse us from all defilement of sin. We got to make sure that we, we follow Him every in every particular and not cut corners and, and skip out things here and there. Even, yes, at the expense of people getting angry, maybe you're losing your job, you're losing some money, you're losing some business, you're losing your scholarship, you're losing some life of health and, and, and sleep and whatever it is and making you stressed out more. Apply it. Trust God. Don't cut corners. Friends, sin deceives us. Do you know that? In Hebrews 3.13, the Bible says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And, and sin doesn't just deceive us to make us live differently. Sin makes us unprepared for the end times. Sin makes us unprepared for last day events. And friends, the past three months, I've focused all my preaching on the books of Daniel Revelation and last day events. Has your life gotten any more prepared? Has the Word of God stirred you up? Has it changed you? Has it made you righteous like how God declared of Noah and other characters in the Bible? Friends, Today, when you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Today, God is still pleading with you. Whoever's listening out there, He's pleading with you. He's pleading with me. We've got to get ready. Not ready for last day events, but we've got to learn to exercise faith in His Word today. And as we continue to study the characters throughout Hebrews 11, you'll be able to see where your faith lies as well. And I pray that tonight God would help us to ask forgiveness. He would help us to see where we're coming short. And if it's through people that's spoken to, and some of you, I've spoken to you directly and I, I, I've pled with you. I, You know, some of you, 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 you talk back and, and you think that, I'm against your life or I'm trying to make your life miserable or I'm trying to make you poor or I've just shared the word of God with you, friends. You, you, you know who you are. And I plead with you this evening that you would apply everything that you know is right. Don't cut corners. 
make sure that your faith takes hold of God's word through and through. That we can be righteous by faith, just like Noah. So friends, please, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters this evening and myself also. Oh Lord, sin, it just has a way of taking hold of our lives. Father, I pray that you'd break the shackles of sin that binds us to Satan this evening, that you'd set us free, that you'd help us to confess our sins, that you'd help us to turn from the things that we know are not right. Lord, we've made excuses. We've we've given reasons. We've tried to struggle in our own strength and we've not put your word in our heart. Please, Lord, Help us to cling more and more. And maybe some of us, we've, we've been doing our devotions, but yet we, we still find that ourselves were coming short. We need to walk more often with you, Lord. I know it. Because I know your word does not return void. It accomplishes that which it commands. It has creative power, Lord. And so, Lord, I'm, this evening I'm asking that you create in each and every one of us a clean heart that you'd help us to exercise faith, to live by faith, to grow in faith, that we might be righteous by faith today. So Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief, we pray. And strengthen us. Fill us with your Spirit, Lord. Empower us that truly we can reflect your character this day. Thank you, Lord, for the Sabbath. And please, continue to guide and lead and watch over every one of us until we meet again. Give us a good night rest, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org